At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. May 10th on the Just Baseball Show, we're giving you undervalued guys so far this year. Underappreciated, borderline underrated, but undervalued for the most part. These are guys that have had a really strong first month of the MLB season, and we don't think they're getting their flowers the way that they should. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, got to read you a quote real quick from Complex. Denzel Curry says, I'm the best rapper alive, point blank, period. Have you heard of X-Wing? He's one of them. He is one of my favorite rappers right now. Imperial, great album. Denzel Curry, he should talk his shit a little bit. He is that good. Do you think he is one of the best rappers alive? Yeah, I do. No way. I think he's one of the best rappers alive. I mean, he, is he better than Lil Uzi Vert? Yeah. Is he <laughs> yeah, better yeah, than... But like, is... Yeah, and those are some of the best rappers alive by sales. Ah, and right, he's so, an undervalued guy. He, oh, there we go. Kicking it off. Undervalued. Borderline underrated. Denzel Curry. But and he doesn't is, think he is. <laughs> he doesn't think he is. And no rapper does think he is. And no, and no baseball player is going to be like, you know what? I feel like I'm underrated. I feel no, like baseball no, players yeah. say that all the time. Actually, you might be right about that. I think I might have gone too far. Rapping and baseball players, you know, they have different mindsets. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. Can you do me a favor real quick before we get rolling? Can you bring your ring light into into? view here for everyone watching on youtube this is what is called content <laughs> how small that thing is look at this thing put it like on. next to your like, head like barely works it's like as big as my ear put it right next to your head like this um almost like put the side right up against your head yeah that no that's a tiny ring light but this also the ring light is a little bit bigger than you might think because i also have one of the largest craniums you know, west of the Mississippi right now. Yeah, what's your hat size? I'm embarrassed. What is it? I think it's like almost eight. In a okay. new era hat. That's big. That is huge. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm almost 6'4", but still. Congratulations on the height. Um, well, you, we're making fun of me. I got to have something else that I'm, you know. Yeah, you it's give me a bad. Jimmy Neutron feel. <laughs> you give me that. Is that fair? Because I'm smart, I get it, and handsome. <laughs> yeah, of course, you have brain blasts all the That's time. That's what people knew Jimmy Neutron for, being smart yes. and handsome. Similar exactly. to me. Exactly. Perfect. Um, all right, let's get into the undervalued, guys. What, what we did is we picked one at each position. So we got a catcher. We actually have two first basemen. We cheated there because two of the we, most we undervalued hitters right now are first basemen. <laughs> Second, third, short, left, center, right. We've got three starters, and then we've got a bullpen arm, too. Um, so just starting with catcher, 
let's start with Travis Darno. Yeah. Because Travis Darno, yeah, you've got the appeal of of all the big time names, right? Will Smith is having a strong start to the year, and you, you know you've got some other guys here. Kibar Ruiz has been fine, um, but Darno, he's hitting two ninety nine. Darno's got two bombs so far in twenty games. He's got an OPS just under eight hundred. But the thing that ups the value of Darno a little bit is that he hasn't been shitty defensively, which is huge. For the I mean, most part in his career, he's been shitty defensively. That's always been the MO with Travis Darno that he can hit, but he's not going to play, give you even average defense. But this year, he's a net positive defender, and he's hitting almost 300. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the league now since 2015. I feel like he's bounced around a little bit, not gotten his full due as a hitter. You know, he was on the Mets for a little bit. But now, finally with Atlanta, is this the season? Because it's like, come on, Travis Darno. It's yeah, like, fine. <laughs> it's, it starts well and then something happens, but then it's like, is this the year? Because he, he's been in here a while. Did you say, is this the emerging superstar, yeah. Travis Darno, at the age of 33 with Atlanta? There we go. 33 year old catcher finally emerging as the star that he could be. Um, Darno, let's play a fun game, though. 80 plate appearances. How many walks do you think he has? I'm not going to cheat. I'm just going to guess. Four? One. Oh, he's got one walk in 80 plate appearances. That's his problem, too. His walk rate is just low. But he's he's really been good, and, and nobody's talking about him. Like, if I, if if we polled people and say, what do you think Travis Darno's batting average is? Probably like, oh, is he playing? No, he's hitting 300. Yeah, well, 299. Don't give him that point. He's got to earn that point. Got to earn that. You're right. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's go to first base. CJ Crone and Ty France are our two. Let's start with Crone because he is like the different Crone zone. Um, he obviously had this insane. Wait, before you move on, and we're talking about the Crone zone for a second. Yeah. Are we sure that Jake Cronenworth deserves it more than CJ Crone? Yes. Because I, I feel like the connotation around the Crone zone is a lot of it is defensive. True. And Jake Cronenworth, we know how good of a defender he is. But what if I told you that CJ Crone is like top 10 and outs above average? Not first baseman. Everybody. Every fucking buddy. How does that work? I know. I don't get it either. But he's but according to the metrics, and that's the problem. I test like when you watch CJ Crone at first base, you're not like, oh my, what a defender over there. But the numbers would say right now, him and Eric Hosmer are the best defenders at first base. Will that continue this year? Probably not, but right now we're talking defense. The Chrome zone is CJ Chrome. Here, here's what <laughs> fine. Here's what the fine. numbers say about him offensively. In 28 games, he's hit nine homers as, as 24 driven in. He's leading Major League Baseball with a 651 slugging, and he's got an OPS north of a thousand. CJ Chrome. Dude, I mean, he was, you know, 2021, we talk about Chrome. Guy hit 281 with an OPS over 900. Great. He had 28 bombs, he had 92 driven in. This year, he's going to blow by that. And a 905 OPS might be dwarfed by the number that he's going to put up this year. He looks all the way locked in. It doesn't feel like this fluky first month with Colorado. No, I don't think so either. And the crazy thing is he is crushing off-speed pitches too. I mean, he's hitting 333 off fastballs. We know he crushed fastballs last year, but he struggled a little bit against breaking balls, a little bit worse even against off-speed pitches like change-ups. But this year... Everything that comes into his zone, he's just destroying. And then on defense, Jackie's in the 97th percentile on outs above average. 97th percentile. I'm sorry, he's he's the chrome zone. And Jake Cronenworth is like 
Oh, the other Crone Zone. CJ Crone is the Crone Zone right now. I don't know what to tell you. He's already accumulated one and a half B-War, which, which I love. It's incredible. He's a valuable, valuable guy. Other one that is just a pure hitter is Ty France. France has been really, really solid for Seattle. And Seattle, they're not playing well at all right now, but I was watching their telecast. It was game one of three against Tampa this weekend on Friday. And Dave Sims, you know, Ty France came up. Dave Sims, the, the TV play-by-play guy, he, he literally just said, Ty France, after ripping off all of, all of his stats, you know, through the first month and, you know, just lauding his field a hit, he said, this is what I like to call a keeper. And that's exactly what Ty France is. He's a guy that should be a should be a Seattle Mariner for a minute now. And he is playing all the time. He's already played in 29 games. The guy has 37 hits in 29 games. He's hitting 320 with an 860 OPS. Ty France is as pure a hitter as the American League has right now. I also think Ty France, as he ages, I wonder if he's going to think to himself, I can tap into more power. Because the thing with Ty France is he's such a good hitter right now. But a lot of the balls, like of his profile, a lot of it's on the ground. He has a 48% ground ball rate right now and a 29% line drive rate. He's only hitting about 17% of his balls in the air. Can you imagine if he starts like fixing his swing a little bit, getting a little bit more launch angle on the ball? Because he hits the ball plenty hard enough. This is not like a, you know, a soft tap or just blue pits everywhere. Ty France hits it with authority. If he gets a little more launch angle on that, these doubles are turning into home runs. This could be an even better hitter if he unlocks some of that power. So, you know, I'm actually okay if he doesn't, though. Like, no, obviously, I'm not a- I would prefer, yeah. yeah, I would prefer if his launch angle went up. Like, and I would prefer if he sold out for a teensy bit more power in good counts for him to do so. Like, 2 0, like, give me your A swing. But, I mean, this guy's striking out less than 10% of the time right now. And last year, he wasn't striking out much. It was 16%. 16% for a first baseman and a guy that can hit 15 to 20 homers. I'll take 16%. All day. The but thing is, out, yeah. The thing is, what does Seattle need right now? Power. They need the power. They just need good hitters. Uh, yeah, that's the that's a good, that's right? a good point too. <laughs> but I'm just saying they need the power. I mean, I'm sure they would trade for Ty France's strikeout rate to go to 22, 23% if he could add five to 10 more home runs. I would so much rather have a 9.9% strikeout <laughs> rate guy. Because it's cooler. It's cooler for us. It's just but better. We have enough power in the game, but I'm talking about for Seattle. If he was like, okay, I'm not going to hit 300 this year, but I'm going to hit 280 still, and I'm going to unlock some of that power, maybe I might swing and miss a little bit more. We saw it with Votto last year. Now Votto has taken the complete opposite turn, but we saw what Votto did. And Ty France is not as good of a pure hitter, clearly, as Joey Votto is, but he does the, have that in the bank where if he just increases his launch angle, those balls could start flying out of the ballpark. I want you to think about, because Seattle, you know, when you think Seattle, your mind goes to young and exciting, right? You go to that young core and you go to the best farm system in baseball. And I I just want you to think about what a little leaguer or what a top prospect right now wants to do. They Mm want to be a center fielder or a shortstop. Nobody, nobody shows up and says, I want to play first base and I want to be like a good first baseman that I'm going to dominate left field. I've never heard anyone say that. Nobody's ever said that. And Ty France, like it's so valuable for Seattle to have first base locked down for as long as they want to, because it's not like Ty France is going to command an $150 million deal. He's not going to do that. 
Um, but know. France having him there is this security blanket, right? Because you look at, you know, Torkelson, you look at Tristan Casas, that might be it in terms of legitimate prospects at first base. Soderstrom? It depends if he I catches. I guess, but he's a catcher right now. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, you know a I mean? guy like maybe Austin Wells. I don't know if he's going to move to first base. Probably, he'll probably catch right too. Now. Yeah, he's a catcher. So, Again. so like yeah. you got a pure first baseman here that is going to be yeah. a good pure first baseman for a long time. My only problem right now with Ty France, and this is not going to be what happens because he won a gold glove last year, but eighth percentile and outs above average. Defensively by the metrics has not been a good defender so far this year. But like I said, it's it doesn't even really mean that much for me to talk about it because I know he's going to improve as a defender. The dude won a gold glove last year. He's way better than what he's shown so far. Just yes. noting that the defense so far through the first month has not been ideal. I want a page out of my playbook, man. Awards guy. I love my awards. I don't care about the metrics. All I want are awards. Screw them. I just want Verducci writing in pen, like, who the awards are. <laughs> this guy for seventh in MVP voting. This is the seventh best player in the American League. That's how that shit works. Um, all right. Second base is a guy that I've loved for a minute now, and I'm and really I'm excited that his offense is ticked like up. You really like him a lot. I'm st- he is... Well, first, go go ahead, because I'll get into it after you're done. Yeah, so Santiago Espinal has been a guy that has been able to play a really good defensive third base, shortstop, and second base. Mm-hmm. He can play a lot of spots, and this is a guy that is, is as valuable as they come defensively. But he was never really this good hitter until last year. He's a 26-year-old last year. The guy played 92 games. He hit 311. Yeah. So far, he's played 30 games. He's in the lineup pretty much every day because Toronto's realizing that Biggio is not that good. Um, yeah. And I think Biggio, wasn't he also hurt for a minute? Finally, there I've never liked Biggio. I just, I'm like, you're not, like, what are you good at? He yeah. doesn't have that much power. He's not that great at bat to ball. He was never a good defender at second or third base. He was only up there because his last name is Biggio. I hate to say it. I mean, that may, might <laughs> be too far. That might be too far. That might I don't be too mean far. But, but Kevin, Kevin's played 13 games and Kevin has gotten so much run. The Blue Jays have given him so much run without much to go off of. He's had, he's been good in spurts, but it's like, we're just going to keep running Kevin Biggio out there. So Kevin has played 13 games. He was one for 23 when he went down. He's on the 10 day IL right now. Santiago Espinal has played in 30 games for the Blue Jays. I think that's every game for the most part. He's the second baseman. And this guy's hit 270 with a 790 OPS. I love what Espinal brings to this Blue Jays team. I'm going to take a page out of your handbook, Jack's advanced stats. Yes. My X clutch rating on Santiago Espinal is in the 100th percentile. That's why I love this dude so much. Every single time I turn on a Blue Jays game, and as a Yankee fan, of course, you know, Yankees, Blue Jays, you don't want Santiago Espinal to get that big hit. Or when it's not Blue Jays, Yankees, and it's Blue Jays, anybody else, and I'm just watching the game. Every single time he comes up with the clutch hit, it's like clockwork. Rudder on second, even if he doesn't have a hit, ground ball to the second baseman, moves him over. He's just such, and I love baseball players like that, that when there's runners on first and second, like you're not going to strike out. I know that Espinal is not going to strike out if it's an important situation. He's He might not get a hit, but he's going to do something that's net positive for the team. I just, every single time I watch him, I'm like, he's like, he's his ex-clutch is 100th percentile. So Espinal, um, to, to give you some real stats now, staying away from Jack's advanced stats, um, <laughs> but he's got flip shades, I want to say. So Espinal is, is the guy there. Um, so far this year, striking out 18% of the time. 
I love that, that he's sub 20%. He's walking north of 10% of the time. This guy hits line drives at a 35% clip. So he keeps the ball off the ground and out of the air. He puts solid contact on everything. You don't need more homers in this Blue Jays attack. You don't. Go get some guys that are going to get on base like Espinal. And then this guy is putting it up the gut 55% of the time. He doesn't really pull it. Yeah. And you're just talking about how, how well-rounded it is. How about the fact 97th percentile now it's above average. How about the fact he's he one of the better defenders in baseball and he has three stolen bases already and two home runs. Like every single category he's producing, he's almost like the blue Jays version of Jake Cronenworth. Um, yeah, not, too, not, not as good. Yeah. We'll see. Yes. We have to, we have to see more, but that clutch Swiss army knife bat to ball, not going to, home runs but will steal bases just everywhere he's going to make an impact that's what i see when i see santiago espinal i think by the all-star break you can walk around downtown toronto and ask people who their favorite blue jay is and like obviously the overwhelming majority of people are going to say vladdy or springer um, a lot of people are going to say teoscar a lot of people are going to say boba i think some people might say santiago espinal just because they want to be different um but it, that's the type of impact this guy does and like you're saying he never fails in the moment. He's never, never going to be the guy that punches out to end the game. Nah, I don't think he will be. You don't think any Blue Jays favorite players, you say Kikuchi? You don't think? Possibly. Possibly. I've never seen a Blue Jays Kikuchi jersey yet. If you own no. one, let us know. Yeah, if <laughs> you own one. anyone bought one. <laughs> let, let us know. I would love to see a Blue Jays, you say Kikuchi jersey. Our third <laughs> baseman is Kebrian Hayes because this guy is buried right now in the Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Jose Ramirez experience at the moment. Third is base good. is the best position in baseball. We went over that two weeks ago on this show. Um, I said it was the best position in baseball. We looked at OPS by position. They blew everybody out of the water except first base, but first base is first base. Key Brian Hayes, we already know what he can do defensively. He got extended, right? This is a $70 million man. It was eight for mm-hmm. 70. I think you're right. Or was it seven for eight? There was a seven and there was an eight in there. Yeah, seven for was, 80 or eight for 70. <laughs> I think it was eight for 70. Uh, yeah, right. eight for 70 and a okay. team option in 2030. There we go. Ricky Brian Hayes. Uh, but so far in 25 games, he's hitting 320 with an 800 OPS. He's not going to hit for power. He won't. He doesn't have any bombs so far in the, the year. Is, though, Jack. All right. No, keep going. Because I want to talk about that in particular. No, that's fair. I mean, I just think that this guy is going to be a good bat-to-ball guy that can legitimately hit 310. But this is the thing. If he just makes a little bit of an adjustment because he is just 25 years old. I talked about Ty France upping that launch angle a little bit. For example, his are even worse. 52% ground ball rate, 29% line drive rate, only hitting 19% of his balls as fly balls. He is not a guy, again, who's a blue hitter. 95th percentile on average exit velocity, 72nd percentile on max exit velocity, 84th percentile on hard hit rate. He's a guy who's hitting the ball harder than 84% of the league, but he has zero home runs. His average launch angle, Jack, is 3.2 degrees. Yeah, Everything is on the ground, but everything's hard. Gets a little bit of lift. This is automatically one of the best third basemen in baseball because he's going to be one of the best defenders. He's going to hit for a high average. He's going to give you some speed. And if he just unlocked the power, this is a perennial all-star, one of the best third basemen in baseball. Average exit below for Ricky Brian Hayes so far, 93.3 miles an hour. That's less than two miles an hour on hard hit. Shitting on balls. But they're on the ground. They're on the ground. And those result in seeing eye singles a lot. 
like a lot of them so far. He's hitting 320, but yeah, I would like doubles. It's so hard to maintain a 318 batting average when you have a 52% ground ball rate. Oh, not when the shift gets banned, baby. You can hit 450 if you just put it on the ground. I can't wait for analytics people to just, their minds are now blown now that ground balls are getting through because there's no shift anymore. <laughs> uh, our shortstop is J.P. Crawford. J.P. Crawford has put together one of the best years in baseball so far. I, what he's doing through the first month, 28 games, he's got a 340 batting average and a 980 OPS. Four homers in 28 games from J.P.F. and Crawford. I mean, this guy is, we know what he can do defensively, much like Espinal. Uh, but I mean, JP last year was hitting 273, right? And, and he had a 715 OPS. And we thought that was a really good year for JP Crawford. And then all of a sudden he turns this in. Is it gonna maintain? No chance in hell. He just doesn't hit the ball all that hard. But the thing is, he's a good bat. Like remember, this was a first round pick, one of the top prospects in baseball for a long time, you know, started with the Phillies, but just needed to change his scenery. I don't, I'm not buying this, you know, 340 average with a 981 OPS, but I am buying that JP Crawford is becoming like, for example, Jack, if I asked you, would you rather have JP Crawford or Jansby Swanson for the next five years? JP, who would you rather have? And don't we have Dansby as the barometer for average shortstop play? Yeah. Like, that's who JP Crawford now is. He's an above average shortstop. Is he going to hit 340 for the rest of the year? Of course not. But, you know, could he hit 280, 290? A couple bombs. Things he just doesn't hit the ball that hard, but his, his batter ball profile looks fine, though. Yeah, line drives. Line yeah. drives galore. I love my line drive hitters, baby. That's what we were taught growing up. That's what everybody should still be taught growing up, unless you're the big kid that hits puberty way too early. And they tell you, listen, just put the ball in the air. It's going to carry. Um, you know, that'll take you to Williamsport, and you can hit eight bombs in a week. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in on the line drive profile from J.P. Crawford. Um, let's go to left and Andrew Benintendi. Yes. Because Benny – is hitting the ball really, really well at the moment. And um, he's, he's in a contract here, which I love. No. He's not slugging at all, um, but he's got an 810 OPS just because he's hitting 344 through 25 games. And listen, you don't have to worry about anybody else in the Royals order right now. So all the focus is being put on Andrew Benintendi, and he's still slapping hits left and right. 31 hits in 25 games. He's... He's going to fool some people um, when he becomes a free agent. If he What kind of contract does he get? I have no freaking idea. Like this, I have no idea. Because with Boston, you know, he was an up-and-comer, this first rounder out of Arkansas, like seventh overall pick. Had all Golden this Spikes hype. winner. Golden Spikes winner, just kind of, but then just the air kind of came out of the balloon a little bit. But then now it's in 330, like, is Benetani back? Is he not? Personally, I don't really believe in this resurgence from Benatendi. I think Ooh. he's a, I think he's a fine hitter, but he just doesn't hit the ball hard. With I don't believe in it either. Yeah, I. But he deserves some love because the fact that he's hitting three thirty. And to your point, he's the only hitter right now in this Royals offense who's doing anything focusing in on him. He's like the three hitter at most points, and still he's performing like this. So there's. That that matters, but I mean, Jack, three thirty average, four oh four slugging. Yeah, I mean, like come on. I think a team is, is just gonna... another Nicky Lopez. 
Uh, no, he's better than Nicky Lopez. And by the way, Benintendi only striking out 12% of the time with a, like a teensy bit more gap thump than Nicky Lopez. But I think Benintendi is going to make a contending team really happy at the deadline. Hmm. Where would he go? I'm trying to think. Milwaukee can always use outfielders. They could. I was going to say the Padres, but they need an offensive weapon. Yeah, but I wouldn't uh. mind. I wouldn't mind Benintendi there because you've got enough power in Jorge Alfaro. He looks like a sixty homer guy, Alfaro. Yeah, but you have enough bat to ball in Adam Frazier. Yeah, good, good oh, point. Adam, no, Frazier's, Frazier's a on the Mariners. Now. What am I doing? Yeah, I just like, screwed up there. I was trying to make the joke, but I, yeah, he's not, he's on the Mariners now. Uh, but like, think about it. I I know you want to move off the the Trent Grisham experiment. Will Myers ain't cutting it anymore. I mean, they need an outfielder, and Ben Intendi might be the guy for them. Yeah, but how much is Ben Intendi better than Trent Grisham, if we're being real honest? Like, Ben Intendi got off to this hot start, deserves some love, but I mean. And Grisham's a really good defender. Ben Intendi is not a really good defender anymore, and he's a corner outfielder. I don't think Benny's a, a center fielder anymore. He's not. He's not. He's a slightly above average defender in a corner with not the best throwing arm in the world. And he's not going to break boundaries on the base pass either. You're more relying on this bat to ball to continue. And if we look at the, if we look at some of the advanced numbers, like, yeah, whatever, you're going to make fun of me for using expected batting average, but when he's got a 330 batting average and a 256 expected batting average, and you know, the Woba is way higher than the X Woba, like the quality of contact is not there. So by the numbers, they're saying, no, this is not going to continue. Let's talk quality of contact. Yes, Dalton Varsho, dude, <laughs> that dude is quality of contact. Dalton Varsho, through 28 games so far this year, is hitting 250 with six bombs and 13 driven in. Dalton Varsho, average exit velo at 88 miles an hour right now, which is the best of his career. We thought Varsho was going to be interesting because he could play center field, he could also catch. Varsho just turns out to be a good bat for a team that is above 500 a month into the year that we were thinking might be the worst team in baseball. Dalton Varsho is one of the most interesting players in baseball because Dalton Varsho is big on the fantasy baseball um, side. I mean, Colby and I talk on not gambling advice, Dalton Varsho, because he can add speed weirdly and he qualifies a catcher and outfield. You just don't get players like that. He's five foot 10, 207 pounds, and he is in the 82nd percentile in sprint speed. Like this is just such a weird, incredible athlete who has now six bombs and an 809 OPS with the speed. And he's only 25 years old. Like yeah. He hasn't been in baseball that long. He had a little stretch in 2020 as a 23-year-old. And then last year was kind of his first full season, but he didn't play much either. This is a very under-the-weeds type player. And this is a guy who's in the 93rd percentile and outs above average in the outfield. And he can also catch. Yeah. With It's... <laughs> he's one of the most interesting players I've ever researched. He's dude's kind of hilarious. And he is the pride of Marshfield, Wisconsin, UW Milwaukee stand up. And he hits so many balls in the air. He hits a ton of line drives too. And the quality of contact is great. He's just such an interesting player. And it's funny right now, as we're recording the Arizona Diamondbacks and probably tomorrow, because there's a sizable gap here, Arizona Diamondbacks have a better record than the uh, 2021 champions of the Atlanta Braves right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks are above 500. And Zach Allen looks real good. Yeah, Merrill Kelly. Oh, we're going to talk about it later. We're going to get to Merrill Kelly in a moment here. Uh, yeah, I mean, Varsho is very interesting to me. And honestly, the Arizona Diamondbacks future is very interesting to me. Alec Thomas, we saw him pepper a double the other way. And, and Aram and I just talked about him on yesterday's episode. But 
I mean, you got Thomas, you got Corbin Carroll coming up eventually, and then you got Dalton Varsho here. You've got Perdomo, you've got Lawler, you've got Carson Kelly as, as the backstop, and you have some pitching pieces here. Um, they don't suck. Can you imagine? In a couple of years, Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, Dalton Varsho. Who's the best? Dalton Varsho. I mean, that's probably not going to happen. That'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious. And, but it's not that outlandish either, which is a crazy thought because those are two of the best outfield prospects, two of the most high floor prospects in all of baseball. And Varsho's got a hose too. Think about Varsho Mm -hmm. in right, Carroll in center, and Thomas in left. That's a genuinely really good outfield. And really young and really good. I mean, super underrated, undervalued. That's why I love doing these kind of things because I feel like our best thing is when we talk about some of the guys who just aren't getting enough love, kind of like the reason we started this podcast was because we just haven't seen that general baseball media companies are covering guys like these, like the experiment of Dalton Varsho and how amazing he is. Uh, Taylor Ward is starting to get some love here um, because he deserves it. You look at his baseball reference page and he's got bold in every part of the slash line. That means he leads the American league in batting average OBP and slugging. So of course he leads the American league in OPS in 22 games. Taylor Ward has 11 extra base hits in 22 games. 11 of his 20 hits are for extra bases, including six homers, 15 RBIs. He's hitting 364 with a 490 OBP and a 675 slugging. That means his OPS is 1165. So this guy through 22 games has been arguably the best hitter in the American League, and nobody knows who Taylor Ward is still. But the guy has walked 19 times in 22 games. What he's doing offensively, I don't know what he needs to do. I don't know what kind of deal he needs to make with the devil to keep on doing it, but this guy's got to do it. I think the only question we have to ask about Taylor Ward now is who's the best alumni from Fresno State? Is it Aaron Judge? Is it Taylor Ward? Or is it Paul George? No, Paul George doesn't sniff Aaron Judge or Taylor Ward. Are you kidding me? How about Derek Carr? For some reason, people in Vegas still think Derek Carr is good. He's no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Derek Carr's not bad. Mm. You saying Derek Carr's bad? Mm-hmm. There's not that many quarterbacks right now in the NFL that I take over Derek Carr. What a joke. All right, let's keep let's keep going <laughs> on Taylor Ward. I no, can name seriously. 15 for you right now. I mean, do you want to do it right now? What's up? No, I don't. I want to talk yeah. about Taylor Ward. <laughs> Let's talk about Taylor Ward for a second, because it's not just the hitting. It's not that he's taking his walks. It's not that everything looks so disciplined with Taylor Ward. But, oh, my gosh, Jack, he's playing great defense. There is not a hole in Taylor Ward's game right now. He is hitting 383 off fastballs, 333 off breaking breaking balls, and 333 off off speed. He's putting plenty of balls in the air, hitting a ton of line drives. There's no pitch that can get him out. There's no ball that he can't get to right now. He's in the 84th percentile in the outfielder jump. He's fast as shit, 83rd percentile in sprint speed. He's not chasing at all. He's not whiffing. Everything is roses. Everything's good for Taylor Ward right now. All right, rapid fire, quick game. For 2022, I don't think Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback. What do you think? Probably not top 10. Okay, let, let's list them, though. Let's see how oh, far so you we do want to do this. Down. Let's do it. All right, let's Ready? do it then. Um, Mahomes. Oh, clearly Mahomes. Herbert. Clearly Herbert. Lamar. 
Lamar. Yes. 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 Lamar. Yes. Um, uh, Matt Stafford. Yes. Stafford. Brady. Yes. Brady. I mean, duh, Brady. until he dies. Yeah. Burrow. Burrow. Yes. No, Dak, no doubt. Dak Prescott. Yes. Dak Prescott. Come on. I want the silence on this. For a <laughs> Come on, I know Dak it's Prescott. a bad rule in podcast for silence, but sometimes we need some silence to think, do we really want Dak Prescott over Derek Carr? We already say um, Josh Allen. No. Oh yeah. We, Josh Allen. hundred percent. Oh yeah. Okay. No, you haven't said him yet. So eight. Um, Aaron Rodgers, yes. Duh. That's nine. So Carr at least 10th. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins, I'd take Carr over Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. How about Matt Ryan? Carr. Carr. Right now? Definitely. How about Mac Jones? Carr. Kyler Murray? Probably Kyler. It's hard, right? Probably um, Russell Wilson? I'll take Russell. I'll take Russell. Okay. okay. So we, yeah. we've pushed Carr down enough. Um, so that was Taylor Ward. Our DA yeah, that was Taylor Ward. <laughs> the Derek Taylor Carr conversation. Yeah, the Derek Carr conversation. I mean, like, what else do we have to say about Taylor Ward? I there's nothing else to say. I, everything is roses. He's had a everything. perfect start. And and perfect. like, listen, Marsh couldn't hit this past week. Adele is literally a Salt Lake B right now. He got optioned. He was not. He was so not good. Ward is the guy, aside from Mike Trout and Shohei. Mike Trout's not even the best outfielder on his own team right now. By the At numbers. the moment, you're right. And Mike Trout is having a top 10 season in baseball right now. D.H. King is our king, Connor Joe. 26 games. He's hitting 267 with an 814 OPS. Connor Joe's got four bombs, 11 driven in. I love what Joe's doing. I love what he brings to the Rocky lineup. We're just such big fan of his. I mean, we did we did so many segments on him before, but... I mean, again, everything's roses for Connor Joe again. Um, the only thing with Connor Joe is he's just not a great defender. He's just not a great defender. So he's mostly a bat, but he's a good bat. But Jack, do you think by the end of the year, we're going to be saying, yeah, Connor Joe had a great year this year? I think we're going to be saying that Connor Joe had a good year and he's a major leaguer for the next five years. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair because for I think this could be a guy who has a great first half, not a great second half. Yeah, I'm not. I guess I'm just like not really worried about Joe tapering off because even if he does taper off, I'll take 260 in that order. Yeah, but Absolutely. as a DH. I'll take it. That's the thing. If he was playing like great defense in the outfield, I'd be like, oh, my, what a season so far. But just. DH, it's all going to come from the bat. And when he's in the eighth percentile in average exit velocity as a DH, that's not ideal. Yeah, but he sprays it. He, he's not no, he's typical DH. I'm not worried. This I is an care. NL team <laughs> that just got hit with a DH out of nowhere. And also, it's not going to show up on his Savant page, but he's a hundredth percent. He's a hundredth percentile in dog in him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So. The Cal Quantrill effect. Yeah, um, Cal Quantrill effect. All right. First to three starting pitchers, Merrill Kelly. Merrill, I mean, we've, we've talked about Merrill Kelly, but this guy through 37 innings has a one, two, two ERA, 34 punch outs, nine walks. He has yet to allow a home run in 37 innings. He's faced 148 guys and nobody has took him deep and his home ballpark is chase field. It's pretty easy to hit home runs there. 
I really wanted to call. He was like, oh, you know, potentially emerging ace because you might you might think, oh, Merrill Kelly's 25. You know, we he's only been in the league since 2019, but he came up as a 30 year old in 2019. He's 33. He's older than Bumgarner. Yeah. No, KBO legend Merrill Kelly. KBO legend Merrill Kelly. But again, is this a guy who's going to continue and continue to have a great year this season? Um, maybe, but I would lean towards there's some regression coming. I saw him from one to two ERA. I here's the thing, like. I watched a lot of West Coast baseball last year. I watched a lot more Diamondbacks baseball than I should have last year because I was interested in seeing the other team perform at their best because I thought they were going to. And then they kept on running into this Merrill Kelly cat. I'm just like, what's going on here? Like he's threw six innings of two run ball. What the fuck are we doing? And that's what Merrill Kelly is. So I think Merrill Kelly is just going to continue to be an innings eater. And is he going to be a one, two ERA guy? No. Is he going to be a sub three ERA guy? In all likelihood, no. But is he going to go six innings, a three-run ball every fifth day for Arizona? I think so. I think so, too. I think that's exactly what he is. He's probably a low four ZRA guy, but can eat innings and is not some whole. You know, he's not a one. He's not a two, but he could be a good three. So that's the same way that I feel about Miles Michaelis, who's our next mm-hmm. guy here. I don't think Michaelis is, you know, what he's doing right now, but he's got a one, five, three ERA through six starts, 35 and a third innings, 28 punch outs, seven walks. I mean, he's not a sub two ERA guy. He's never been a sub two ERA guy. Um, but this is somebody that has been hampered by injuries a lot over the last couple of years. And here we go. And he looks really good. And the Cardinals so badly needed starting pitching and they're getting it through the first month of the year. I don't want them to get complacent and say, oh, we have Miles Michaelis. We're fine in the starting pitching department. That's my worry with the Cardinals. That's my worry because they have to add starting pitching. This is not like Steven Matz may not continue to shove like he has. Miles Michaelis could turn in a good year, but these are all guys who've had injury concerns before. Don't fall in love with initial production because we knew when they're on the field, these guys are pretty good. Miles Michaelis is even proving that he's very good. But we know that all of these guys have had their issues before. Kind of like Wainwright, you know? Wainwright has not even gotten up to that great of a start. But is he going to last the full year at 40 years old? Probably. But there's that more likely of a chance, you know, Mother Nature and all that, that he doesn't. Mother Nature. Yeah. Mother Nature controls that. Not Father Time. Mother Nature. Oh, yeah. No, it's Father Time. I said Mother <laughs> There Nature. we go. Like, like the tides and the winds and all that stuff. But I just, I I think you're so right. I think that was one of the best points is that I really hope the Cardinals do not get complacent and see and say, Oh, look, look at our pitching. It's great. When in reality, it could be a ticking time bomb. I think it is a ticking time bomb. I mean, you, so Michaelis started six games for them. Wayno started six, but he's on the 10 day right now. So Wayno is dealing with something at the moment. Dakota Hudson's got a 3-5 ERA, so Dakota Hudson's been Good. fine, but 18 punch-outs, 15 walks. Matt's shoved for a start, but Steven Matz has a 7 ERA. The guy for 25... Steven Matz has a 7 ERA? Yeah, the guy for 25 and two-thirds innings has 34 hits against him. I watched his last start. He looked incredible, so I was like, oh, Steven Matz must be doing well. That means every other start has been dreadful. No, yeah, he got blown up a couple of times. And then Jordan Hicks is into the starting rotation now. 
Hicks is not a starter for you. No. In a perfect world, he's one of the best setup guys in baseball. Agreed. I, putting Jordan Hicks in the rotation tells me that they're not trading Liber. I mean, I don't know how I'm making these connections here, but it's like they're not trading Libertor, they're not trading Gorman, and they're definitely not trading Walker. How are they going to get an impact starter? Yeah. They're just saying Jordan Hicks is our impact starter. Look at him. He throws 103. I don't know. I don't know I don't how know they either. get in their gag. Um, and Juan Yepes looks good. Like, I, I wonder if they try and trim some fat there offensively, but I don't know what kind of starting pitching you can get with, with the fat trimming offensively. Um, Andre Palante in the bullpen, I really enjoy him. I watched him throw a decent bit um, when he was in the minors and, and in college as well, and, and I think that guy's a stud. So I, I think he's a future closer. Can really we do. talk about Ryan Helsley? Dude, 103. That's your guy. That's a Santa Barbara that's, guy, right? That's the guy. So that Ryan Helsley stayed at my best friend Dustin's house in a homestay when he was playing for the Santa Barbara Foresters. We were just playing poker with him and John Duplantier, bigger than baseball type guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, and these guys were always great, you know, played poker a bunch. And Helsley's velocity would just start to tick up and tick up. And we're like, wow, this guy throws 95. And then he gets to the major and he's like, he's ticking up to 100. Now he's 103. Right now, he is probably one of the 10, 15 best bullpen arms in the entire sport. That's why I felt like they were they were saying, okay, we just replaced Hicks with Helsley. Now we can do whatever we want with Hicks. But why not just keep Hicks back there, have the most ultimate bullpen unit in baseball to counteract some of those starting pitching concerns? Yeah, that's my thought too. And I guess Hicks is just an opener that can go a teensy bit longer than your typical opener. Um, I, I think that's how you have to that look at Hicks. That is valuable starts. though. Is that as valuable as him being a lockdown setup guy? Um, maybe. I don't know. I would have to do the math on just like sheer number of innings. And like high leverage innings. That's the thing. I think Hicks can get them out of high leverage situations. And he's got no leverage situations to, to start games. Think about it. They play a lot of one-run games. That's important. Yeah. Um, last starter that we got to go over is Pablo Lopez. And, and I know Pablo Lopez is getting his respect right now. He should be getting more because Pablo Lopez has changed who he is as a pitcher. He mechanically looks different. Um, he's also upticked a little bit. He's throwing the ball really hard. I don't think people understand how hard Pablo Lopez is throwing the baseball. He's like 95, 96 with his fastball. And he couples that with one of the best changeups in the game too. Pablo Lopez through six starts has an ERA at one flat. That's four earned runs in 36 innings. He's touching 95, 96, but he's mostly 93. I think, and Ethan Badowski wrote a great article on justbaseball.com talking about why Pablo Lopez is, is one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. And he talked a lot about the changeup, how the changeup in terms of run value is the fourth best pitch in all of baseball behind Verlander and Rodon's fastball and uh, Chad Cool's slider, which is incredible. Chad Cool of the Rockies, his slider is the top three pitch in baseball right now by run value. That's where Pablo Lopez is. And the funny thing is with Pablo Lopez, it's just, I mean, we say this all the time, use your better pitches more. And now he's throwing his change up 37% of the time. Last year was 32.5%. Year before that, it was in 27%. Throw your best pitches more. And that makes his fastball more, just better all around too. Like this guy is good. Dude, he's really good. And like, you know, fastball changeup guys, they, they went extinct for a teensy bit, you know, or do you remember mm. after, was it Marco Estrada? Was that the arm with the Jays? that was fastball changeup. 
God, what a name. That's a yeah. great name for your playing, you know, with your boys or how about whatever. that poll from but, yeah. Yeah. That's I saw great. a good tweet. Guys would rather sit around for two hours and name random athletes than go to therapy. And then oh, somebody yeah. quote tweeted it with like a random athlete name, like Tata Hollinsworth. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Collectively, we all agree. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So um, yeah, keep Marco Estrada back there. But Estrada was like the last guy for a little bit. And now we're seeing some guys that are fastball changeup and Pablo Lopez is the best fastball changeup guy in the league right now. He's better than Ian Anderson. Oh yeah. And well, he just is better than Ian Anderson, I think. Like there is no, oh, this season proved he's better than Ian Anderson. I think he's just straight up better than Ian Anderson. Yeah. Um, And then last guy we got to go over, our our lone reliever is Taylor Rogers. (laughs) And Taylor Rogers, it was pretty much a one for one. It was Rogers for Chris Paddock to Minnesota. And Chris Paddock's been fine for Minnesota. Who was it? It was. um, Also, did you hear what happened to Chris Paddock? Yeah. Elbow stuff, inflammation. Oh, yeah. I don't like hearing that. Look up that report. He's going to be out for a start. Actually, you can find that info on our Instagram. Oh, God. Yeah, check it out. At just uh, at just baseball fans, right? Yeah, you know our Instagram handle? I think so. At just almost 90,000 followers. Just yeah, baseball there fans. we go. Oh, pumping the following number. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was Taylor Rogers, Brent Rooker, and um, Brian Medina. Is that right? For Chris Paddock and Emilio Pagan. Yeah, that's what it was. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I Taylor Rogers, like I just thought that they were getting a teensy bit of a filler. I was like, oh great, like another bullpen arm. And they had this this surplus of starters. They didn't need Paddock anymore. Taylor Rogers has 11 saves so far. And he has yet to allow a run in 11 and two-thirds innings. 11 and two-thirds, four hits, 12 punch outs, one walk, no runs. And he's the saves leader in major league baseball. It's just sinker slider. Guess what it is. And you can't really guess. And even if you guess right, more than likely than not, you're not even going to hit it pretty well. I mean, slider opponents are hitting 083 against it. Sinker guys are hitting 143 against it. He's only allowed one extra base hit all year, Jack. He allowed one double. It's it's not the large sample size, so it's not like crazy impressive. But one double, that's it. And he's given up. He's given up four hits. We'll see what a blow-up outing looks like for him. I don't know what a blow-up outing looks like for him. A walk? (laughs) At at this point, yes. A walk and a Who walks is a blow-up. Oh, God. Rome is falling if he walks two guys. I I love how he's thrown 11 innings and he has 11 saves. Yeah. Just every time he goes in, guarantee, no runs, save. He's, He's what? Appeared in 12 games and he's got 11 saves. He's 11 for 11. There we go. More love. Also, Chelsea, his San Diego is playing a lot of tight games, man. They got to. You know, my brain just put together that him and um, Tyler Rogers on the Giants are brothers. Like, no that, way. Not, no not way like, that just not clicked. not just came in like yesterday, but just came in recently, recently, like a little bit before this season kind of thing. Like, that's so, how stupid I am. I just like never put it together or thought about that. I think it took me a minute. I think that they exchanged a lineup card one time. And like, I saw that social media post. Was that last like, year? Oh, was that this brothers. year? I think that was last year. Last year. Okay. That yeah. maybe, no, I, maybe that was this year. That could okay. have been this year, actually. That could have been. But, but regardless, like, I just never really put that together. Yeah. And no, I hear you. Now two of the best relievers in baseball. It, that's just something you got to read though. Yeah. Like that's not that's something really that you're looking be like for oh, baseball yeah. brothers. 
generic like, you know white reliever. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to hear about stats. I just want to know about family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what blood is thicker than water, right? Exactly. Uh, is, yeah, I think that's right. No idea. You're, you're okay. talking to a wall here. My brain's fried. Plug the social medias. <laughs> I forgot the Instagram for a moment. You got to tell them what the Instagram is. Follow us on Instagram at just baseball fans. And of course on TikTok at just baseball fans, Twitter at just BB media. Also chalkboard link is in the app or chalkboard link is in the episode description. Right, talking right. baseball all day long in our chalkboard baseball group chat. Give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at Peter Apple 23. You're under, what are you, what was your Twitter again? McMullen Jack. Jerk Jack underscore McMullen 11. I saw in the chalkboard, you sent iced coffee today in emoji form snowflake hot coffee it took me a minute to compute in my brain i was like that coffee's steaming in the emoji is it cold outside no he means cold coffee iced coffee that's what mondays are i'm an artist with words yeah um are you hunting bowman baseball right now or is that just an arm thing at the moment on loop i'm just always hunting for anything that's gonna make me money by baseball roi return on investment baby get your roi at loop and use the link of the episode description or go to loop.card slash just baseball and get the app that way so they know that we sent you and the bowman stuff i mean all these cards are coming out um i was actually with my buddies last night and and they were saying yeah we're just jumping on loop app because we just win cards and it's like we buy a pack and we win a card that's more than the pack and we just are addicted and we keep going because it's really so much fun too even if you don't pull like the best card or you're not even looking to resell it's just so much fun to be on it so i'm thinking like so i go on and watch i don't really like pull the pull the trigger on any of the purchases because i just like i haven't ever done that it's also just fun to watch it's fun to watch yeah it's really fun Um, so i enjoy watching that but i'm thinking if i was a gambling man i think i'd rather sit there and buy in for breaks than throw twenty dollars on a hand of blackjack oh no doubt because i like that stuff i like the (laughs) i like the cards me too but we're not like most people yeah we're not like most people but if you're like us go on loop and with that thanks everybody say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill